And so those are all the pieces of the puzzle we needed. But everyone, you know, that networking. My grandmother always says, if your mouth is closed, so is your business. So (laughs) you're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey guys, hello and welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, I have another exciting guest. Her name is Monique Wilson-Debriano, and she is one half of the power couple behind Charleston Gourmet Burger Company. Now, imagine coming up with a marinade that had guests at your barbecue forming a line for second and thirds. That's exactly what happened when Monique and her husband, Shavalo threw a barbecue at their home in Charleston, South Carolina. What they thought was just a secret recipe formed out of their love of food and experimentation has now grown into the nationally acclaimed Charleston Gourmet Burger Company. Their all-natural, gluten-free Charleston Gourmet Burger marinade and gourmet burger sauce is currently available in hundreds of retail locations across the country, such as Whole Foods Market, Walmart, Lowe's Home Improvement, Kroger Supermarkets, and the market at Macy's. Monique even appears live on national television selling her burger products on the QVC network. She's also been featured on the Food Network, the Today Show, and more, and was even chosen to serve on Facebook's prestigious Small Business Council. Monique is not only an entrepreneur, she has become somewhat of an e-commerce whiz, and today she's sharing her tips, the mistakes she made when she first put her business online, did, including a course that she took to optimize her business and maximize her sales. In today's episode, we get into how a company that started by accident has now grown into a legacy building endeavor. Before we jump into the show, just want to give a special thanks to Widow's Movie for supporting Side Hustle Pro. I don't think I've ever shared this with you guys, but one of the ways I stay creative is going to see movies. There's just something about the art form that just leaves me feeling so creative with all these new storytelling ideas in my mind. And one of my favorite, favorite actresses is Viola Davis. When I see Viola on screen, I just immediately feel empowered. I feel like standing up straighter, snatching off my own wig, and going out and kicking down some doors. So I literally felt chills when I saw the trailer for this new movie, Widows which comes out on November 16th. Widows is a modern-day thriller. It's set against the backdrop of crime, passion, and corruption, and it's from Academy Award-winning director Steve McQueen and co-writer and best-selling author of Gone Girl, Gillian Flynn. And Viola is playing, what else? A badass. The trailer tells me everything I need to know. What? A Black woman with natural hair, kicking ass and taking names? Say no more. I am there. The film also stars Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, and Cynthia Erivo, and it arrives in theaters everywhere on November 16th. So grab your crew and let's go out in a pack to see Widows. Now, let's go talk to Monique. Welcome to the guest chair, Monique. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So I just read your bio, but give us a peek into who is Monique? (laughs) What is she doing and how did this all come to be? Well, I am a mom of four. Um, I have 
always been an entrepreneur my entire life. (laughs) So who I am right now, you know, I feel like this is what I was made for. Always been an entrepreneur. Um, It is just something. It's just how I'm wired. It's just it's it's just what I do. Um, I I take my business very serious. I had like I said, I have four babies at home that I just I love with everything inside of me. And, um, you know, that's that's why I'm a mom. When I always introduce myself, I say I'm a Christian. I'm a wife. I'm a mom and I'm a business owner in that order. All right. I like (laughs) that. In that order. Yes. Yes. So when you say you've always been an entrepreneur, so, you know, what did you study in school? And then what were some of your other businesses before Charleston Gourmet Burger? Well, when I say I've always been an entrepreneur, um, when I grew, where I grew up, grew up in a small town in New Jersey and, when I was little, there weren't a lot of African-American businesses, but my grandmother, she was one of two black businesses in our area. And my grandparents, I've never seen them work for anybody else. My grandfather was a chef and my grandmother owned a hair salon. And I would spend a lot of time in that hair salon and I would mimic her. And so my very first like a side hustle. I always say side hustle. <laughs> My <laughs> very first business was um, I got really good at being able to fix people's hair and nails because I would mimic everything that I saw them do in the hair salon. And so I would start doing people's hair um, and, you know, people from school. Back then, hair weave started becoming really popular. So I would, you know, do put weaves in my hair. I would color my hair or color other people's hair and I would charge them. I would I would do my mother's friend's nails and I would charge them. Um, I would do stuff like I would sell cleaning products to my friend's parents. So I always knew that I was going to have my own business. I don't know if I necessarily knew what the word entrepreneur was as a child, right. but I knew I wasn't going to work for anybody else. That I always have known. Oh, right. So when you met your husband, because I understand you guys founded Charleston Gourmet Burger together, mm-hmm. were you both in that same kind of mental space of we are going to start our empire, start our businesses, not work for anyone else? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I always have. Now, I have had, you know, regular nine to five jobs, but I only would have a job to fund the dream. Mm-hmm. I've never had a job with the intention on getting that watch at 25 years or anything like that. I only always, if I had a job, I had a purpose to to learn some type of knowledge that I needed or skill to help me get to whatever level I needed to with my business. Or it might've been a time where um, maybe my business that I had wasn't paying the bill. So I had to get a job. But when I met my husband um, in Atlanta, we were in network marketing together. We were at a network marketing convention (laughs) and we met each other. (laughs) Yes. But he, he was in business because his brother is a, is a big entrepreneur. And so he decided that, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. And that's when we met, but he's a person, he's only had one job his entire life. He worked for New York city fire department. And that is what he 
you know, since being a small child, that's what he's always wanted to do. He is a, he has that healing spirit, that helping spirit. He wants to help people. So that's always been his passion. So he hasn't always been an entrepreneur and he will tell you he he's been a person, he's a worker. So this entrepreneurial journey is something that was very new to him when he met me. So it was a, you know, it kind of took a little bit of, you know, growing, but now he is just, he's all in right now, all (laughs) in. Good, good. So why burgers? Why burgers? That's a really interesting question. When we first met, our first date was at McDonald's. Oh, we get always out. Lo- I know, girl. I let him take me to McDonald's on our first date. <laughs> that was a cheap first date. I love that. But I know, but we've mm-hmm. always loved hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, even with our kids, we travel. If we're going to travel someplace for whether it's a vacation or whatever we're doing, We always know whatever city we go to, who has the best hamburger. And you better believe we're coming there to eat it. I don't care what type of neighborhood it is. I don't care if it's a hole in the wall. We go there and we're going to find that burger. And that's just something fun that we always did. And so it's something that comes very naturally for us because we truly do enjoy it. And we call our business our accidental business because when we started Charleston Gourmet Burger Company, we really weren't trying to have a business at that moment. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful because it, it's just so honest. I mean, we weren't trying to have business. We were just trying to fix an amazing hamburger at a barbecue we were having. And our family and friends loved it. And I just kind of said as a joke to Shavala, we should sell these. But I really wasn't. I did, I said, we should sell these hamburgers. But I really, you know, I was just joking around with him. But as we, you know, really thought about it, we said, maybe we could make this a business. Mm-hmm. And so I said to Shavala, let's try this for six months. And if it doesn't work, we'll go back to the way our lives are, you know, it's right now because we had a really good life. You know, we, we were enjoying what we were doing at that time. I was uh, a housewife, but I still had my side hustle. I am um, a self-taught seamstress. And so I was making like um, children's clothes, you know, special order. If someone came to me and said, I'm my, I'm going to this event or, you know, my, and I want my child to have this dress, I would, I would make them a custom dress. So I, I love that. That is still something that I do as a release on the side, Talented, but I love sketching. I love that. So let me get this straight. So what was it about the burgers? So you have this barbecue at your house and, you know, Mm -hmm. people come over all the time and they're like, oh, that was so good. Blah, blah, blah. What made you decide, oh, we have something here. Maybe we should do something with it. (laughs) Well, when we started, Shavala and I, we we broke down on paper you know, just some ingredients that we thought would complement each other. And so we went to the farmer's market and we bought a bunch of stuff and we went home and we kind of threw this hodgepodge together. And the idea was, because we, we, one thing about us, we like a hamburger. I want that thing to taste good every single bite. I don't just want it to be full of condiments on the top. I really want it to have some flavor to it. And so 
our idea was to infuse the meat with flavor. And that way it could even stand alone, kind of like a steak. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't have to didn't have to have a bunch of stuff on top. So we we kind of made a, a hodgepodge, a little marinade, and we put it in the meat and we let it sit in the meat. And the idea was, is we're going to taste a little bit. Let's see if this will work. And if we like it, we'll serve it to our guests. The particular year when we decided to serve it at our barbecue, we had over 100 people at our home. Wow. Yeah, we had a lot of people. <laughs> so that's a good test group right there. 400 exactly. people, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, um, but before we knew it, we had people heading down the driveway. So I said to Shivalo, just serve it. Because we've all been to a barbecue where we've had something that we didn't love so much, but then we love something else. So my reasoning was if they hate it, we have so many other things to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, shrimp and grits. We had a chef there doing pulled pork. We had Caribbean food. We had Italian food. So we had a ton of food. So if they hated the hamburgers, I figured it's something else they could eat. And so we served it and we really forgot about it. And I would say about 30, 40 minutes later, my mother stops me and she said, what did you do to the hamburgers? And I kind of (laughs) ignored her because I thought that meant, oh gosh, they're horrible. No one likes them. So I acted like I didn't hear her. And she came back again and she kind of like tugged at my arm and said, what is going on with these hamburgers? Look at your grill. We had about 30 people at that grill with plates waiting. Wow. And they were lined up to get these hamburgers. And my brother-in-law, he's on the grill. He's supposed to be a guest. He's trying to help serve them and get them out. And that's when I said, we may have something here because these people really like the taste of these burgers. Wow. And you know, I knew this interview was going to make me hungry, but it's definitely (laughs) (laughs) definitely making me hungry. So, you know, what happened next? You're like, we have something here. What was your next step? Well, the next step was, We need to serve this to strangers because people that love you, you know, they love you. They don't want to sometimes tell you the truth. (laughs) So I said, we need some strangers to eat this. (laughs) Let's see if we really got something going on. So in Charleston, we have a huge farmer's market and our farmer's market is one of the top in the country. And you have to go through a, a rigorous process to even get accepted. So we went and, um, we we set up but we had a we had a tent i think it was like a brown tent that we got from big lots <laughs> that we had like mitch match tablecloths that mm-hmm. we went and auditioned for them and everybody else had like a a a, a menu of 30 40 items and here's Shabalo and i we just have a hamburger and at the last minute i said well these people have a lot of stuff run to the store. Let's make something. Let's make my mom's tea. So then we added tea and we had a bag of chips. That's all we had on our menu. (laughs) That's all we had. And so when the people came around, they had a guy from the Culinary Institute and he said, well, what do you guys have here? And I said, well, I have a hamburger. That's all I had. (laughs) And so I started telling them about it and I started telling them, well, you, well, we use nine low country herbs and spices because in Charleston, that's what we're called, the low country and all of our spices come from Charleston. So I said, well, we have nine low country herbs and spices and we take it and we blend it together and we we infuse the meat with it. And he was so impressed 
with our story. You know, we went out and found these ingredients, these all natural ingredients and put it in the meat and he tasted it. And I had watched him go to other people's booth and he was not kind. He would take a bite of their food and then he would throw the whole thing in the trash. Yeah. So I, I was terrified for him to come to our booth. I said, oh, Lord, we got a crooked sign with the writing going sideways. Our, our stuff doesn't match. So I, I said, this man is going to throw us out of here. But I watched him take one bite of that hamburger. Then he took two. And next thing I know, he ate the entire burger. (laughs) Yes. He ate the entire thing. And he seemed to truly get enjoyment from eating our little hamburger. And I watched him walk off. And then I saw someone in his team come all the way back down. and, And she said, he wants to know, do you have any he can take with him? I said, what? Are you kidding? Wow. <laughs> so, and then we ended up getting in that farmer's market. And um, from there, it created a buzz. You know, the, the college kids started coming. We would start at 8 a.m. and we were supposed to go until 2. People would beat us to the market. Wow. And this was just on the t- weekends, right? This was just on Saturday, okay. one day. And Whoa. we would be sold out before lunchtime. Whoa. Were you bottling the sauce or was this strictly the burgers that you were selling? We had no idea that we would even have a product at this point. This Mm. was just us with a trailer, with a a bunch of stuff, a, a grill and bunch of stuff that we would haul on the back of our car to this market. These was just it was just burgers at this point. We were just make it. My mother would um, fly in from Kentucky because we were making hundreds of hamburgers. She would fly in on Friday to help me make burgers and help me make the batches of marinade and put it in the meat. Oh my goodness. How long did you do that? Just strictly sell at the farmer's market before you developed a product? We sold at that market uh, for about our first two to three years. We sold at the farmer's market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we used it as a test market because I wanted to see what people really thought about the burgers. And I remember the very first customer we had, when I I watched them eat that hamburger, I stared at them until they were a speck. Because I I was, I'm like, I hope they don't come back. I really wanted to make sure they really liked what we had, you know. And it was just, it was insane for me that these people were coming, buying our hamburger, and they couldn't get enough of it at this market. And that's when we really knew. We started having people, um, we started printing out little comment cards and we would ask people to write down their honest opinion of what they thought. And in the beginning, you know, we would get pushback because we wouldn't offer condiments. You couldn't get a, you couldn't get tomato, lettuce, onion. We didn't offer any of that because we wanted the marinated burger to stand on its own. So in the beginning, we started getting comments of, well, you know, we would we would like uh, some kind of other condiment, something else to go along with it. So we started adding the, uh, you know, a little maybe ketchup and mustard on the side. But that was it. But then as we went on, our customers got trained and they would start telling 
other people in line. If so, if they would overhear somebody ask for a tomato, they would scold them. You don't eat a tomato on this burger. That's a Chelsea. That's a Chelsea. You don't need a burger. tomato. Yeah, you don't order that. You just eat it by itself. So it, I started to say, "Well, these people are getting it. Yes. I don't even have to answer." That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now walk us through going from being at this market to deciding, OK, we need to develop a product. And so I'm clear, were you at selling at this market for two to three whole years before you developed your marinades and bottled them? So the very first year we were at the market towards the end, because you only do it, I, I believe it run, it ran from. April all the way until November. So it wasn't even the full year that the market was open. And so towards the end, you know, I started saying to Shavalo, these people really like our hamburgers. And we started getting calls from people. They would say, I was in South Carolina and I live in Michigan and I can't stop thinking about the hamburger. I really want, how, how do I get it here in Michigan? We started getting people asking us, well, I would love to open up a stand here in Idaho. Can you tell me how you make the hamburger? And so, you know, once we started getting enough of these calls, I said to Shavalo, we have to come up with a way for these people to eat a Charleston Gourmet Burger wherever they are. And initially we thought we will make the hamburgers and we'll freeze them and we'll ship them. But then as we started thinking about it, I said, no, that's not going to work because we might kill some people. So we <laughs> not going to do well, that. Why? <laughs> we can't why ship you think you across might... the country. Okay. You can't do that. I said, I said, we're not going to be able to do that. People are going to get sick. You can't do that. So I said, we can't do that. So I, I said to Shavalo, what we should do is bottle the marinade the seasoning, the way we make the burgers, because the people are in love with the taste of it. They can get the meat wherever they are. Let's sell them the marinade and have them add it the way we do. Mm. So that's what we did. We ended up hiring because we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. Like none at all. So we ended up hiring a team to help us and to walk us through how you would professionally bottle a product because I knew. And where'd you find that team? Well, the first step, you know, it's funny how the pieces of your puzzle will fall together. So we decided um, we needed to have a professional website because I I had like one of those 1999 websites that, you know, didn't really look professional, (laughs) but it was a site. That's what we had originally. And so we hired a a man to do our website. And he said, well, if I'm going to do it, I need you guys to hire a food photographer because we were using stock photos Mm. then because we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't even have photos of our actual burger in the beginning. And so we hired a food photographer. And so the food photographer said, well, we could do it, but you guys don't have a logo. And we were like, oh, yeah, we don't we don't have a logo. (laughs) So he said. Let me introduce you to a guy that I know that can get all your branding together and he can do your logo. And so we went to him and as we started designing and I started telling him, well, you know, I really want to bottle it and I want to have a product. Mm -hmm. He said, well, I know a lady that works with people 
that's doing that. So we went and took a meeting with her that was our publicist, and she introduced us to a guy that um, he he's a co-packer. And so those are all the pieces of the puzzle we needed. But everyone, you know, that networking and really out. My grandmother always says, if your mouth is closed, so is your business. And so, <laughs> so, you know, when we were out there asking for it and telling people, this is what we're trying to do. They were leading us to all the people that we needed to be led to. Mm. And so the co-packer. He he sat us down. We went over our recipe. I gave him a sample of it. We you know we signed all of our legal papers, and I gave him a sample, and we ended up scaling from there. He helped us bottle it. Um, our branding team. We all would get together. We would meet. We would go to the grocery store and figure out where would our product be on the shelf. Let's look at who's around us. So that's how we actually figured out how the product would look, what colors we were going to use, what what was the font going to be, because we really wanted it to stand out on every shelf it was on. So you did that, you bottle mm-hmm. it, and then who started to sell it? Were you only selling it on your website or were you also getting it into retailers? I wish we were that advanced when we started. When we started, we took that initial money that we earned from the farmer's market because we didn't have a whole lot of money to just start the business. So when we were at the farmer's market, we saved every single penny. And so when we went and got it co-packed, we didn't have a warehouse. So we ended up we have a we ended up moving our cars out of our garage at home and we had it put in our garage. And I and I remember Shavala and I standing in the garage thinking, who are we going to sell all this stuff to? Mm. <laughs> it was just boxes and boxes of bottles of marinade in our garage. And so I said to Shavalo, okay, here's the plan. We're going to take this initial product and we're going to have this make us money. So we got to turn this into money to keep going. And so we would load up our car with marinade we would load it up. You know, we smelled like marinade. The kids smelled like marinade. <laughs> <laughs> we would ride around with it in the car. And at that point, we were just going to like little local shops that we knew sold sauces and stuff like that and asking them to stock us in there, which and they did. But our first real account, I worked up enough nerve to go into Whole Foods And I figured our product would be a good fit for Whole Foods because we only had nine ingredients in it. They were all natural ingredients. We didn't have anything, you know, in it that was genetically modified. It was just herbs and spices. I said to Shavala, well, this is a clean product. It has to meet their requirements. So we walked in and I, I was so nervous. I just remember I just asked, I asked to speak to the manager. And when he came, and I saw that man walking towards me. I just started talking. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, uh, I think I have a product that might work well in this store. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure. You know, I was so nervous. And um, and so he said to me after I stopped speaking, he said, OK, well, let me have it. And I'll take it home over the weekend. I'm having a barbecue. And if we like it, I'll call you. Wow. And I said, Really? And so I said, it can't be that easy. That was pretty straightforward, right? Exactly. So I said, okay. So we left the product. And so when we left there, we pulled out of there at a Whole Foods garage. And with another grocery store, Harris Teeter, directly across the street. We went 
straight across the street and we went in there and we did it again. <laughs> so at this time, um, the lady, she gave me their corporate information and I called that lady every day for 30 days until one day she answered the phone finally. And I started speaking. She said, is this the lady with the burger stuff? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you're on my new vendor list. I said, All okay, right. thank you, ma'am. And I hung up. <laughs> <laughs> so those were our first two uh, retail accounts was Whole Foods and Harris Teeter. And how many orders did they place? So you go from selling out of your car, selling at mm-hmm. farmer's markets. I'm always interested in how do you then supply Whole Foods, supply Harris Teeter with enough bottles? Well, I knew my co-packer could produce thousands of bottles a day for us. So I knew this, you know, that would never be an issue for us again because I had the co-packer. When did you get the co-packer? And was that an expense that the business paid for itself or was that like a a reach investment that you knew you needed to invest in? Well, the co-packer that I went to, they didn't have really high minimum. So, you know, I wasn't going to someone that said, well, you have to be selling X amount of dollars. You know, we told them, we told them the truth. We're just starting out. We don't have any retailers yet. You know, we were very transparent with them and he was willing to work with us. So he let us do, I I think that first uh, batch that we ran, it cost us around $3,000 and that was money we earned from the farmer's market. Okay. So we paid $3,000 and and I believe it gave us about 2,500 bottles. Okay. And so we took that and then turned it into orders with it. Um, and then we yeah. started going to like uh, Walmart and stuff like that. But the co-packer allowed us to be able to keep up with the demand because they could ship out, you know, so and and also our retailers were able to pick up from the co-packer. So I wasn't having to then figure out right well, who do I how does it get there? Because we didn't know what we were doing, but they knew how to do it. And how are you making the marinade at scale to even get to the co-packer? I wasn't. I just gave him a recipe and they were making it for us. I wasn't. um, So when we started, we never, ever attempted to make that marinade to sell. We were only making marinated burgers and Mm -hmm. selling those at the market. We never, ever tried to bottle the marinade ourselves to sell it because I just, you know, with doing my research and looking at different recipes, certain things have to be cooked to a certain amount of degrees and it has to be bottled when it's, you know, this amount. And I just didn't feel that I could do it the way it needed to be done. And I'm a go big or go home type of person. (laughs) I'm not, you know, I don't like half doing something. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And so I knew from the beginning, I wanted to be with a co-packer. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. This episode of Side Hustle Pro is brought to you by Widows, the movie. Widows is a modern day thriller set against the backdrop of crime, passion and corruption from Academy Award winning director Steve McQueen and co-writer and best-selling author of Gone Girl, Gillian Flynn. 
Set in contemporary Chicago amidst a time of turmoil, four women with nothing in common except a debt left behind by their dead husband's criminal activities take fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms. The film stars Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Cynthia Erivo, Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry, Daniel Kaluuya, Robert Duvall, and Liam Neeson. And it arrives in theaters everywhere on November 16th. I don't know about y'all, but I know exactly where I'll be on November 16th in the theater watching Widows. Okay. I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You want to know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial. And my go-to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace and how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro to start your two months now. And so now you're in Whole Foods, you're in Harris Teeter. Mm-hmm. How do you go from there to, I've seen you on QVC, on Today's <laughs> Show, um, you know, you're selling out. How does that happen? Are you marketing? Well, Cheval and I, in the beginning, we had a publicist. Okay. And when we sat down with our publicist, Shavalo, my husband, walks in and says, we are going to be your biggest client. And at that point, we had two local uh, stores. And we didn't even have Whole Foods at that point. We had like, I mean, we had nothing. <laughs> so he's going and telling this lady this and we have nothing to back it up. <laughs> so she's looking at us like, yeah, okay. You gotta have confidence. Yeah, you really gonna be my biggest clients. And so, but he was so confident. He's like, we're gonna be your biggest clients. And Unfortunately for her, she didn't believe us. But, you know, we because we would tell her, pitch us, pitch us the Better Homes and Garden magazine, Mm -hmm. pitch us to the Today Show. And she was like, "Mm, I don't think it's time yet. So we ended up firing her and we took over our marketing ourselves. We did all that ourselves. So. We started, you know, sending the Today Show emails. We started sending Better Homes and Garden emails. And that's, you know, we would sit aside a portion of our day every day. And I would have a list of people. Okay, Tuesday at 12 o'clock, we email this person, you know, and I would and we would write it down. And we were very, very consistent with what we were doing. We would just email people and say, this is what we have going on. And that's actually how we booked the Food Network. We pitched ourselves. Wow. I love this Mm -hmm. so much. I relate to this, too, because that's how I was with when I was first selling sponsorships on the show. Like I have my list of emails and you you just got to hustle Google like you surprised how many email addresses you can find by just like scouring LinkedIn 
Instagram, mm-hmm. everything. So yes. you said you booked the Food Network first? Yeah, we did the Food Network first. And then after that, you know, we kind of tried to leverage every opportunity we had. So once we had the Food Network, we felt we had some type of credibility behind us. We then told the Today Show, hey, we were on the Food Network. Y'all better book mm-hmm. us. So, <laughs> and then they did. <laughs> so we got on a series You know, we were on for three weeks in a row and we just kept going. And then we went. You know, you know, we started emailing Better Homes and Garden and said, well, hey, we were on the Today Show and Food Network and this is what we're doing. (laughs) And and it just one thing just kind of led to another, just led to another. Mm -hmm. And we just kept we just kept going from there. We just kind of just kept using everything as leverage. And and every time we would get something, you know, we would make sure we would send it out to more people and, and just let them know that even if they wouldn't respond, I know Better Homes and Garden, I think I emailed them for four years. We emailed them on a schedule every four to six months. We would email them updates on what we were doing before we actually got featured. Okay. (laughs) Now, let's talk a bit more about actual sales. So one of the things that you might be able to speak to this, you know, sometimes you have these appearances and they're great and there's a spike in traffic but you might not see a huge spike in sales. Or if you do, you have to learn how to go out and continue to engage with those people that visited your site and maybe didn't buy the first time. Can you talk a bit about how you learned to grow the business and leverage these appearances to turn into actual sales? That's a really good question. And and you're right. Sometimes, and in Sports Chevalo and I, again, this isn't our background. We were really just winging it. So we would have these huge opportunities, millions of eyes on us, and people would flood our website. But when you went to our website, it really wasn't set up to do business. And no one ever told me that. You know, if you went on our website, you would see a ton of information about what Shavala and I are doing and a ton of information on how to make the perfect burger. Then we have one little thing in the corner to buy the marinade. Mm. That was it. It was a good website if you wanted to get information on us. But it wasn't a good website that was set up to do business, to sell. And so it wasn't until my very first, I'll say, epiphany, we went to Facebook headquarters We because we work with Facebook and we're on their small business council. I started speaking to other entrepreneurs and the money that we were doing in retailers, they were doing online. And I said to my husband, this is, we, are le- we have been leaving a ton of money on the table. Yes. And I started looking at their website and I looked at ours and I said, this is God. I said, this is insane. How did we miss this? Our website is not set up to sell. It's not, it's not mobile friendly. You, if you went to our website from your iPhone, you couldn't even find the button to buy the marinade if you wanted wow. to. Wow. It wasn't set up to sell. And so that was a game changer for us, is we totally revamped our whole website. And we had a regular WordPress website at that time. And then um, once we got on QVC, 
you know, we thought what well, we thought we fixed the website and we were doing OK. We were getting a few sales from mm-hmm. the website because at that point we weren't even totally focused on sales from our website. We were really focused on moving everybody into the grocery stores and, and just going in to pick it up. So it was really awareness. So we thought we fixed it and we were getting some orders and it was OK. But I would notice when we would do these big appearances we would have a thousand people on our website within, you know, within a few hours, but we weren't even, I think our conversion rate might've been 1%. <laughs> it wasn't, oh, man. it was awful. Oh, it was man. horrible. Yeah. So I said to Shivalo, there is still something broken with mm-hmm. our website. It's still broken because this is not, People are not either they're not understanding it or it's not easy enough because they were staying on our website, I think, for like two seconds and leaving. They weren't even making it past the first page. I said something's broken here. And so I ended up um, I was on Facebook one day and I ended up seeing a course And I'm always investing in myself. I believe when you want to be successful, you have to always invest in yourself. So I will, I'm always buying programs. I'm an avid reader. And so I ended up seeing a program that was solely focused on scaling your online business. And I said, this is what I need right here. And from that, Um, We went back and we revamped our website again and I left WordPress and I went to Shopify and that was a game changer for me. And did you even were you collecting emails on your site at this time or, you know, was it just like people were coming and there was an opportunity to buy? Yes and no. I I mean, we were we really focused on it? No. Like if you had if you scrolled all the way down the bottom in the corner it would say, join our email list. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, people really Very go scroll all the way down the So we might've got one email a month. Like yeah, it was really it sad. Yeah. So pretty much, no, we no. were not collecting emails. And, and this was like for our first few years of our business, I could kick myself now, mm-hmm. but we weren't collecting email addresses. So The first time that we thought we fixed the issue, we hired a company to do our online order. So when you click to buy the marinade, you wouldn't know as a customer that you were going to somebody else's website, but you were actually being rerouted to another website and they would actually do the order. They would do the shipping, but they were collecting my customers' email addresses. So like when we did the Today Show and we were in different magazines, our website was getting flooded with customers. But unfortunately, because we had hired a company to do it, I didn't know who was ordering from me. I didn't know what country, I, what, what state I had the most sales in. I didn't know any of that because they had all my data. And at the end, once I realized, oh my gosh, I need those email addresses, they wouldn't even give them to me. Whoa. I wasn't even allowed to get them. So then I that's when I said, okay, you know, we're making mistakes that are really, really painful and hurting us. So mm-hmm. that's when when I started that uh, the course that 
taught me how to scale my business, I learned that I needed to be in control of those email addresses so that I could be able to update my customers. I can be able to tell them, you know, when we're having sales. So that was a painful lesson. And what, what, what was the name of that course? It's called Start and Scale. Okay. And it's from Founder, F-O-U-N-D-R. And it's a great, oh, it's a great course. I know, I've heard um, you. Yeah, I'll definitely link to it because if anything can help out, you know, fellow Side Hustle Pro listeners, then we are mm-hmm. here for it. Now, before we get into the lightning round, I want to talk about some of the pivots you've made in the business. So I know you started out with marinades and I see, even though you originally weren't going to do burgers, you are now doing fully packaged burgers, which I'm excited about. What caused you to shift and how how are you making it work now, you know, given your earlier concerns? Well, it's something that we've always wanted to do is our was our original idea. And so what happened was when we launched our marinade in Costco, we did a a Facebook live and that went viral on Facebook and someone from QVC saw it. And they messaged us and said, would you guys be interested in going on QVC? And we were like, uh, yeah, uh, of <laughs> course. <laughs> yes, we would. And, you know, the sauce and the marinade initially was not a good fit for QVC because um, of their customer base. It just wasn't a good fit for them. So we knew we needed to have a different product and we've always wanted to do the burgers. So that kind of pushed Shavalo and I to find uh, a co-packer that could actually produce the burgers for us. And so we ended up finding a company um, and actually all the way in Oregon that actually produces the burgers for us. Um, We have our marinade now produced in like big drums and then it gets shipped to them and they marinate our meat for us. So they could do, I mean, in one round, they do like about 30,000 burgers for us in an hour. So it's, yeah. (laughs) So it's not, you know, it's never an issue for us, you know, regardless of how many, how, how many burgers we need to order, they can always just push them out for us, which is such a blessing. And are they doing the fulfillment as well? So are you selling the burgers both on QVC and on your site? So our site is being built out now. Okay. So customers can come and order the burgers directly from our website. So right now they're on QVC. We are selling um, a four pack of our cheeseburgers in uh, Walmart and the neighborhood market Walmart stores in the freezer section. You can actually go in the freezer section and pick up a four pack of our hamburgers. Okay. And then your website is being built out to accommodate that. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Big yep. things, big things. So big now things. how many years has it been that you guys have been in business? It's six years. Wow. April made six years. Yes. Six, six years. years. So, you know, I yes. have to talk to you about lessons, best practices learned from working with your spouse and running a business with your <laughs> spouse. Please share, share. That is one of the top questions we get because... You know, it's it's not easy because there are days where I get on his nerves. I know I do. <laughs> I know I do. And because I am like, you know, I, I have a very strong personality and I know I get on his nerves and he gets on my nerves, too. But at the end of the day, what we try to do if we're having a disagreement about something with the business. We try to leave it 
with the business. And if I'm disagreeing with him, one thing I always try to do is say, okay, I'm disagreeing with him on this issue. It doesn't mean that I hate your shoes or anything like that. Or, you know, because sometimes when you're, when you're, you know, with your spouse and you're having a disagreement, like you can like really hit below the belt and start arguing over something where that has nothing to do with the issue. So I try to just leave it contained to the issue mm-hmm. of what I'm really upset about. But I, you know, Shavala and I feel like it wouldn't work if we were doing it with somebody else. And especially in the beginning, because we both know what's at stake. I didn't have to tell him because the first year Shavala was working when we first started this business and we wanted to retire him. And so we knew what we had to do. You know, he knew we had to sell X amount of burgers at the market because our kids tuition had to be paid. Yes. So I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to remind him like, um, we have a car note. You know, he knew. So, you know, he knew that I knew. So we loved that in the beginning that if I needed to step away, I wasn't having to think, oh man, well, how's the business being run? I knew that my husband was going just as hard as I was, you know, and, and vice versa. So for us, it worked. And it's still that way. Like right now I'm traveling without Shavalo, but I'm, I'm looking at our business email. I see him going back and forth with people. I know he's still holding it down, mm-hmm. even though I'm not there. And so that's why I I love working with my husband because he's not only my best friend, he's an awesome, awesome business partner. And I just really don't believe anybody would go as hard as as he would, you know. Amen. So speaking of retiring Chevello and money, a lot of people lose money in those first few years of business. And I'm especially curious about a food business because I know the margins can be tight. So what has been your experience? That's another good question. So in the beginning, we met with other people that were doing it. So when we would go to the grocery store, especially if we would see a local product, we would go to those, we would go to their website and we would send emails and ask them, can we, can we do lunch? You know, um, do you have time for a quick conference call? Because when we first started, we didn't know where our margins needed to be. We had no idea how much we should be charging, um, why we even needed to have a margin, what you know, what what needed to be included. We had no idea. So before we set a price, we made sure that we sat down with people that were doing it. And some people were doing it really well, and others that we would meet with, they would say, "Listen, you know, I wish somebody had sat down and met with me because." I didn't have any margins and now my distributor's taking 25% and I'm not even making money. So, you know, we were, yeah, I mean, we would hear people that were in, you know, so many different places and that helped us tremendously. So we knew when we went in, we knew where our pricing needed to be. We knew we always had to have a margin built in for ourselves. And so we were always very intentional and really smart about pricing our product. But what I will tell you is that backfired on us. Um, just a few years ago, you know, we were actually very close. We, we didn't even know if we were going to be in business because uh, one of our co-packers, we were actually using three different co-packers for our frozen line. And our main co-packer, we had a 
big deal with a big retailer. And we actually had three huge deals and we had signed the paperwork and just one skew was millions of dollars worth of product. Mm -hmm. And so we had our we had our margin. We had our numbers set. We went into the retailer. We negotiated the price and we were good to go. And what happened was that co-packer saw us as competition and he decided 60 days before we were to produce and to get moving that they weren't going to make our product anymore. Whoa. Why did they see you as competition? Well, for one, um, one of the burgers that we were producing and one of the retailers they were doing business with at the time, we didn't know this. But the retailer decided that they were going to take their product out and put ours in. We didn't know that. Mm. And we probably would have never done that deal had we were told that um, I probably would not have done it because, you know, I'm a person I got to always do the right thing. And I wouldn't have really felt good about that. And so I probably would have never done that deal. But I didn't know that. Um, And their product was going to be pulled out. And so they were going to lose money. But, you know, I kind of feel like if they would have sat down with us and talked to us, we could have maybe worked something out. Resolved, but yeah. Yeah, we could have resolved that easy. But they pulled the plug on us and said, we're not going to we're not going to produce your product for you. And it left us stuck because one of the retailers we had to move forward with we weren't allowed to back out of the deal and so for one whole year we had to we had to end up getting the burgers produced at another facility and they were charging us double of what the other company was because they weren't as big as this other company and they could not produce it for the price that we were getting that Mm. we had already negotiated yeah they couldn't produce it for that price and so we had to move forward with that deal and it killed us and it left us upside down. So we were making, you know, hundreds and th- hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we were upside down because of these production. Our production costs were so high. And so we ended up, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm so thankful that we were able to make it through that. We ended up being able to secure funding that allowed us to pay it down and kind of be and and get ourselves back on our feet again. And it took us a while to recover, but um, I'm thankful we did because it almost put us out of business. Wow. Thank you for sharing that and, and, you know, being so open about it. So now where do you guys see business going next? Well, we're uh, starting to get into plant-based products. We always have customers. Not a day goes by that someone does not message us, email us and say, when are you guys coming out with a veggie burger line? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we are working on that constantly. Um, We, you know, it's, it's something we're trying to get the formula just right because whatever we put out, I want to be able to eat. I don't really believe in putting out a product that I don't like. I know some companies do that, but we do not. You know, mm-hmm. whatever we put out, I have I have my burgers stocked in my freezer at home and my kids really eat them. So, you know, I want it to be something that 
we all like and we all enjoy. And I wanted to be a product that we're really proud of. So we work hard on that. We're coming out with our plant-based line, um, Q1 and Q2 on QVC. We have some new product lines coming out that we're really excited about. So we're starting to step outside of the box now that we have our bearings and we're recovered. We're starting to have a little bit more fun with Charleston Gourmet Burger and, you know, taking some chances. And so you're going to see a lot of new products Mm -hmm. with Charleston Gourmet Burger for 2019. And we're really, really excited about it. I'm excited for that. Alrighty. So now we are going to transfer Transition into the lightning round. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Definitely. I would look into um, Start and Scale course that has totally transformed my business, the way I connect with my customers. Um, you know, I, I, I shared with them. I didn't even know what an abandoned cart was. I didn't even know people were putting stuff in their cart and not and not buying it. And and even if they did, I didn't even know it was an option for me to get them back. <laughs> so <laughs> start and scale, you know, helped me to be able to to run my business the way the way I needed to. And hands down, great resource. Awesome. Okay, number two. What's been the best business book or podcast episode or a live event that you've consumed this year? Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, and he is the founder of Nike. Uh, my husband, I mean, my son actually told me, Mommy, you have to read this book. He reminds me so much of you guys with your business. And so, um, you know, he talks about the struggles of starting Nike and everything that he had to go through. And there was times that he ran out of money, but he had to keep going and he was borrowing money from his parents and his his father told him no more. And he talks about how he overcame all of those different things. And so, you know, if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're trying to start your business and, you know, you're, you're running out of money. I love this book because it lets you know you're not alone. This is something that we all go through. It's, it's, it's just part of the process. All right. Yeah, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Okay, so number three, who is a Black woman entrepreneur that you would want to trade places with for a day and why? I would say um, Lisa Price, Carol's daughter. I absolutely love her. Um the, the reason why I would want to trade places for her for one day, I, I admire, I know she started from humble beginnings. I've heard her story. I know you've had her on. Um, I've listened to some other podcasts where she's been a guest and I actually sat on a panel with her for Walmart. Her story's fascinating, but I love how she has been able to scale her business. And I always just what just think when I listen to her story, like I wish I could just be a fly on the wall, you know, I mean, <laughs> yes. cause she, she is someone, you know, I, I just really admire her. I, I love her hustle. I love her story I, and I love her products. And yes. so she's someone that I would just love to trade places with for one day. <laughs> All right. And then number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? My focus, I'm laser focused. When I sit down and I'm, I'm working on something, I, I am like focused on that project. I'm not looking at my phone. You know, sometimes someone will come in the room. Hey, did you see this? And, I'm, and you know, I even have gotten into the habit of putting up a sign. I don't want to be disturbed. When I'm focused and I'm working on something, that's what it is. I'm not going 
to so there have been times where I have not even gone to different family events that I'm like, no, we can't. We we have to prepare for this. We're not going. I'll send you a card in the mail. Like I'm I'm laser focused and I'm serious because we're the first people in our family to have achieved this type of success. And I need this to continue for my babies. So I can't allow any distractions. I can't I can't be distracted. So, you know, when I'm focused on something, I'm not taking phone calls. I don't and and I and that's just how I've kind of built like a little bit of a fortress. I don't allow negative energy. I don't allow those friends that call me complaining. I can't take that in because mm-hmm. I'm focused on what I'm doing because I'm mm-hmm. trying to break that curse. You know, I, I no more of, you know, being poor and wealthy. I'm, I'm breaking that curse. So mm-hmm. I'm my focus is what really drives our business. And, and really, really. And my husband is the same way now. We're focused on what we're doing. All right. And finally, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? I would say, you know, Put some time aside every single day to work on your business. You know, there were times where I've had to have a nine to five because the business I had wasn't paying the bills. And that's okay if you have to do that. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to jump. Steve Harvey has this thing. I don't know if you've ever heard it where he talks about jumping. And I I listened to that over and over again. The only way you're going to succeed is if you jump. And you're you're going to get scraped up. You're going to fall down. You're, you're going to end up making mistakes. And there's things that's going to happen that you're going to be like, well, heck, did I fail? But you have to keep going. But you have to eventually jump. I meet people every single day, every day that come up to me that have 10,000 excuses and they're afraid they're holding on to that job. But I'm going to tell you, when it got real for us, when I when we started making more money in a month than most people would make in a year or two at a job, that's when I knew I made the right decision. Mm. I made Hello. the right decision. Hello. Yeah, you got to <laughs> jump because if you keep holding on to that, that's all you're going to get. How will you ever know what's on the other side if yeah. you don't jump? You yeah. got to jump. And that is the perfect note to end on. So, Monique, where can people connect with you after this episode? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, Monique Wilson Debriano. Our website is charlestongourmetburger.com. You can do the contact us. I try to respond to all my emails. Um, my husband and I, very rarely, I will not be the one to respond or my husband. There are times we do have to have help, but um, I try to respond to everything. So if you shoot me a message, it might take me a few days to get that, <laughs> but I will respond to you. I will get to you. That's an offer we cannot refuse. So thank you. Thank you for all <laughs> the gems you shared, the real life resources, and just wishing you the best of luck. I will be ordering a burger. So... Oh. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Awesome. And there you have it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, 
head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at side hustle pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.